رمضان 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 نايتس اون البيان راديو السلام عليكم دي برادرز اند سيسترز اند ويلكم تو رمضان نايتس اون ذيس 22nd نايت اوف رمضان 1443 It is the 22nd night that you had a reminder at Masjid Al-Azhar Belmo and you were speaking about finishing Ramadan strongly. Before we finish, before we begin, <coughs> Afwan, nah. some advice for the end of Ramadan uh, quickly approaching. Naam. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda amma ba'd. Sheikh, I think... Um, The first thing that a person should uh, try to reflect over is the actual speed um, and how quick the, the blessed month has uh, come and uh, we're now on the doorsteps of an ending. And subhanAllah, we hear this uh, year by year, um, how quick the month comes and, and passes. For subhanAllah, uh, just that in itself should be enough of a reminder for us to try and take advantage uh, of the blessed month and no doubt what remains uh, in it. And our entire deen is built on uh, the ending, the khawatim, and the most important of actions are, are the last of actions. Uh, the, the last of actions in our life, for example, the most important actions in our life are, are the ones that we end our life on uh, as we spoke about tonight uh, upstairs in the masjid and uh, يعني, the month of Ramadan everyone uh, puts in an effort but there's no doubt that the, the greatest effort needs to be dedicated to, to the last 10 days and as we had spoken about that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he used to Uh, make effort in the last 10 days more than what he would in any other uh, days. For people do not know if this will be their last and final Ramadan. Uh, we don't know what Allah has uh, planned for us uh, next year. So if this was to be our last Ramadan, then we should uh, treat it in a manner where we take uh, full advantage um, of what remains from it. And we know that uh, Laylatul Qadr, which uh, falls in these 10 days, um, it, it's called so because Allah Azza wa Jal decrees the yearly Qadr in it. And uh, what is prepared for the next year is revealed uh, on Laylatul Qadr. And uh, we do not know if part of that Qadr which is uh, sent down on Laylatul Qadr is uh, our life. Um, يعني, will be ending before the, the next Ramadan we should be no doubt taking advantage of what remains in it Jazakallah khair D. Sheikh and uh, we'd like to welcome our listeners on 107.9 FM in Sydney 
Uh, we will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney for the next few weeks. So please spread the word. You can listen to Al Bayan Radio now in your car for the next few weeks on 107.9 FM in Sydney. We'd also like to welcome those watching on Facebook on our YouTube channel. Uh, I on Facebook on the ASWJ Australia channel and also on our YouTube channel Al Bayan Radio. Please share away those links. And if you have any comments, feedbacks or suggestions, you can leave them in the comments uh, section there on Facebook or YouTube. Now, this is part two of a series we began last week where we spoke about 10 things which wipe away sins or their consequences. And the Shaykh, may Allah bless him, he, he mentioned the quote of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah from his Majmu' al-Fatawi and he said that these five, he mentioned five out of the ten last week, he mentioned tawbah, seeking forgiveness, um, performing good righteous deeds, just wipe away sins, also uh, brothers making dua or seeking forgiveness for the believer and also the last one the righteous friend gifting the deceased with righteous uh, dua sadaqa um, or a child who makes dua uh, after the person passes away the sheikh will begin with the sixth one tonight bi'idhnillah naam allah barik fiik ya sheikh for the summary of uh, what we covered last week today we take the sixth point that sheikh islam ibn taymiyyah rahimahullah had spoken about regarding uh, actions or a'mal that uh, wipe away sins and their consequences. And number six with us tonight, as Shaykh al-Islam said, Rahimahullah, أَوْ يَشْفَعُ فِيهِ نَبِيِّهِ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ This point here is regarding the shafa'a of the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. And as we know, my brothers and sisters, that one of the greatest ways of having our uh, sins forgiven in the Akhirah uh, and being saved from punishment in the Akhirah is going to be uh, by the intercession which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants to our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know that our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam along with uh, the rest of the Prophets and Messengers and even the believers and the angels will all intercede for the believers in the next life. And there's no doubt that the greatest shafa'a in the next life, the greatest intercession, is the intercession of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as the hadith mentions, uh, uh, the uh, shafa'a al-kubra, the major intercession, is the one where uh, the people will go to the different anbiya and rusul uh, and ask them to intercede because as we know, uh, the day of judgment is a hard day. It's a severe day. It's a day of fear where mankind will be in a huge state of fear. So they will go to who they know to be the most righteous of people and they start. They begin with the Prophet Adam salam, and they ask him to intercede for them. And the Prophet Adam alayhi salam, he responds and he says, Nafsi, nafsi, alaykum bi ghayri, alaykum bi nuh. Myself, myself, go to other than me, go to the Prophet Nuh. So then the people go to the Prophet Nuh alayhi salam, and the Prophet Nuh says the same thing, and then he directs them to the Prophet Ibrahim, and then alayhi salam, then the Prophet Ibrahim directs them to the Prophet Musa, and then the Prophet Musa directs them to the Prophet Isa. All the Prophets and the Messengers yani refusing to intercede because they are mainly worried about themselves from the greatness of that day. 
until the Prophet Isa alayhi salam directs them to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when the people go to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they ask him to intercede and he says, Ana laha, ana laha, I am the one for it. I am the one for it. And then he, uh, as the hadith mentions, he goes beneath the throne of Allah azza wa jal and he prostrates to Allah and he praises Allah for as long as Allah uh, wills. Then Allah asks him to raise his head and to ask and intercede and it will be granted. And each time the Prophet wasallam will intercede for his ummah and through that intercession Allah will remove and save people from the hellfire. So the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ in the next life is no doubt from the uh, the ways that the, the believers will have their sins wiped away and forgiven. Now this Shaykh, regarding the Shafa'ah, this is uh, in this world, um, we hear many you know, people coming and saying that you know, my Shaykh or my Saint or my Imam is going to make Shafa'ah for me on the gates of Jannah. And they come up with you know, my Imam said to me that if I do one, two, three, I will, you will enter Jannah with me holding your hand or similar. No. Where do they get this kind of, you know, information from the Sheikh? No, regarding the intercession or the Shafa'a Sheikh, uh, there's no doubt there's a lot of bid'ah, there's a lot of innovation that has uh, come up um, from those who ascribe themselves to Islam. Uh, and this is due to extremism or ghulu in the deen. Uh, and this is mainly seen from the uh, the ghulat of the Sufiya, uh, the Sufis, and even the Rafida, the, the Rafida, the Shia. Uh, their manhaj or, or their way is built on overpraising their, their scholars and their imams uh, and what they believe to be their awliya. And uh, this uh, over-exaggeration towards the their so-called righteous um, uh, scholars and imams has led them to fall into matters of shirk and uh, kufr because of it. And uh, there's no doubt that there's no basis uh, for this uh, ideology and it is all an innovation. So when they end up uh, over-praising their, their, their sheikhs and their so-called uh, awliya, it leads them to these types of corrupted beliefs where they believe that their their so-called sheikh or saint uh, will guarantee an intercession for them in the next life or as you said, sheikh, hold their hand and take them into paradise. And there's no doubt that this is misguidance because uh, a person uh, is not supposed to praise others in this way and nor should they praise themselves. So when their so-called imams or awliya uh, give this type of guarantee that they can hold their hands into Jannah. In reality, they are over, they are praising uh, themselves and overpraising uh, themselves, and that's a sign, no doubt, of misguidance. If the prophets and the messengers are too afraid to intercede in the next life uh, in front of Allah Azza wa Jal on behalf of the people, then what makes these people who are nothing compared to the prophets and the messengers think that they can guarantee a shafa'a? What makes them guarantee that they will even enter paradise? What makes them guarantee that they have a high status in front of Allah Azza wa Jal? And Allah says, Do not praise yourselves. Do not 
praise yourself, verily Allah knows truly who fears him. For this type of methodology from the Sufiya and the Rafida and whatever else, it's all an over-exaggeration towards their belief in their saints, which is similar to Christianity and Judaism. This is يعني, where it springs from. And alhamdulillah, true Islam is free from this. Uh, yes, we believe in the intercession of the righteous people, but we cannot guarantee that we will be from them in the next life. Uh, naam, we only hope that Allah grants us the shafa'ah of the pious in the next life. And, and also what's interesting, dear Shaykh, is that, uh, as, as you mentioned there, that, that the shafa'ah is from the, the umur al-ghayb or the issues of the unseen. And anything to do with the unseen requires evidence from the Qur'an and Sunnah. So when someone comes and says... Um, Super Sheikh is going to hold my hand and take me into Jannah. He no. doesn't have any evidence for this because from the issues of the unseen and as you mentioned that you know as we know from the rules of Shafa'a is that uh, it needs Allah's permission and it, you have to be someone who Allah is pleased with. No. You know, how how do they know that as you mentioned? So, exactly without a doubt. Yani, uh, no doubt it's from the matters of the unseen. And uh, yes the condition of Shafa'a is that Allah must approve it. Uh, and allow it. So how can they even guarantee that they will be allowed to intercede? No one can intercede in front of Allah unless Allah allows it. Even Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he does not outright intercede. He goes and prostrates beneath the throne of Allah until Allah wills. As long as Allah wills for him to prostrate, then when Allah wants, he tells him to raise his head and intercede. Saying, amazing. Allahu Akbar. Now, Sheikh, let's move on to uh, number seven, the seventh way, which wipes away sins or its consequences. Naam. After the shafa'a of the Prophet wasallam, Shaykh al-Islam moves on and he says, so the next point, Sheikh, is regarding the ibtila that Allah gives the abd in the dunya. And the ibtila means the tests, the tests and the hardships that the servant faces in this world. The tests and the hardships that the believer witnesses and faces in this dunya while being patient and hoping for the reward from Allah, this no doubt becomes a cleansing of his or her sins and that's why the prophet sallallahu in the hadith he said nothing befalls the believer from hardship or sadness or pain not even the 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 prick of a thorn except that allah cleanses his sins with it so the hardships and the tests in this dunya that the believer faces and remains patient hoping for the reward from Allah, these tests and hardships, no doubt, they are a cleansing of sins for that person. Even the sickness, when a person falls ill, as the Prophet ﷺ taught us to say in the dua for the one who is sick, we say, La ba's tahur. La ba's tahur. And the word tahur means cleansing. The word tahur means cleansing. So when someone is ill and I say to him, La ba's tahur, I am asking Allah to make that cleansing for my brother or sister, that sickness for my brother or sister, a cleansing. 
And that shows that whatever the believer faces from sickness, hardship, poverty, struggle, pain, whatever it may be, as long as he shows patience, she shows patience upon the ibtila and the tests, Allah will allow that hardship to be a cleansing of their sins. And the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith, he said Allah continues to test his servant until his servant meets him sinless. Subhanallah. People deal with tests and hardships differently, Shaykh. Some people, they take the tests and the hardships and they allow those tests and hardships to bring them closer to Allah. This person is no doubt succeeding in the dunya and the akhirah when the hardship and the test brings them closer to Allah. As opposed to the person who when they are tested or put on trial or suffering, they use that to distance themselves from Allah Azza wa Jal. This type of person, it's no longer a cleansing for them. This type of person is losing that battle and has allowed shaitan to take them for a ride. SubhanAllah, this really uh, puts tests and trials and calamities into perspective that this is part of life, it's a sunnah of life. So when when you have that attitude, then you're ready to face it bi'ilni ta'ala. Without a doubt. And this brings contentment to the heart, Shaykh. A lot of people, when they go through hardship, whether it's a sickness or whatever it may be, they might say, why me? Okay? A person might be praying, doing what they're doing, and then get tested with a hard test. And they might think, why me? What have I done to deserve this? This this is i'tirad ala qadrillah. This is uh, turning away or rejecting the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's why the believer always says alhamdulillah for everything. Even the hardship that comes his way or her way, they use that as a means to get closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. And Shaykh al-Islam rahimahullah said the beautiful statement where he said a calamity that brings you closer to Allah is greater than a blessing that takes you away from Allah. So no matter what a person goes through in their life, if that thing has brought them closer to Allah, then it's a blessing. It will be a blessing in disguise. And Sheikh, this reminds me of you know the example. If if you're driving on a highway with you know which is smooth, so smooth, and there's no bumps and there's no uh, speed humps, and you're not you're thinking differently. But when you're driving, expecting bumpy a bumpy road, expecting speed humps, you prepare for it. You don't want to damage your car. Or the other example, you know, you're on a boat or a ship, and if you're expecting smooth waters, you don't really you know. But if you're expecting rough waters, you know, uh, waves and bad weather, then you prepare for it and you're ready for it. When it comes, you're ready to handle it and you have a different kind of attitude. No, I'm without a doubt, Sheikh, 100%. And that's why our entire deen is based on preparing for these times. Uh, and the way we prepare for it is to be steadfast on the deen. And we always try to emphasize this point to our brothers and sisters. You don't only become religious when you're going through a hard time. You have to be religious practicing in times of ease so that Allah helps you in times of hardship. You have to be practicing during poverty so that Allah helps you. Uh, You have to be practicing when you are rich so that Allah helps you when you are poor. You have to be practicing when you're healthy so that Allah helps you when you are ill. For some people, unfortunately, the the din mode switches on only when they're going through that hardship. We should not only remember Allah, 
when we are going through tough times. We have to thank Allah for the ni'am. Uh, and when you worship Allah in good times, Allah assists you during the hard times. Excellent. Barakallahu Let's move on to point number eight. Naam. Point number eight, Sheikh This is regarding the tests in the Barzakh. And the Barzakh life, Sheikh, as we know, is the second life. It's the life between this dunya and the next life. And that is the life of the grave. The life of the grave is called the Barzakh life. So some of the believers, Sheikh, as the Nusus, the Quran and the Sunnah have taught us, people are going to be in bliss in their grave and some people are going to get punished in their grave. We know that disbelievers and the Mushrikeen will be in a constant punishment in their grave. Their, their punishment, wal'iyadu billah, starts from the time of death and it does not cease. It continues. As for the Muslims, Okay, as we know, the believers, some of the believers, when they enter their grave, their grave is a corner of Jannah, a corner of paradise. And some are going to be punished in their grave. Regarding the Muslims that are punished in their grave, okay, some of this punishment will only be done in order to cleanse them before the judgment so that when they are resurrected, they have already faced the calamity that for their sins and once they are resurrected, they enter paradise. So there are some Muslims where Allah Azza wa Jal, because of their sins that they didn't repent from, Allah will allow them to face hardship in their grave so that they don't face it in the next life regarding the hellfire. So uh, this hardship uh, in the grave uh, is a cleansing of sins in itself. It is a cleansing of sins in itself. No. Excellent. Let's move on to point number nine in, in 10 things which wipe away uh, sins or their consequences. No. The next point, Shaykh al-Islam says, أو يبتليه في عرصات القيامة من أهوالها بما يكفر عنه uh, and this is similar to the last point, but rather than the hardships of the grave, this is regarding the hardships of the Day of Judgment. As we know, the Day of Judgment is a severe day, Sheikh. Allah Azza wa Jal has given many examples, uh, the child becoming grey-haired, the mother um, abandoning her child, um, uh, people freeing themselves, uh, the, the person will flee from his brother, from his mother. Yani you, it's things you cannot comprehend, a mother's love for her child and yet she will abandon it. That's how severe... The, uh, this day is for the severity of the day of judgment is going to put the believers in a great state of fear uh, and a great state of uh, a great state of hardship for many of them as we know the sweat will reach to the knees to the uh, throats and some will be gargling drowning in their sweat these types of hardships for some of the believers sheikh is a cleansing of their sins so that once again, when it comes to the paradise and hellfire, they have already tasted some of the hardship in order to be saved from the hellfire and Allah allows them to enter Jannah through those hardships. And this also points to the last two points you mentioned, Sheikh, the tests and hardships in the grave and the horrors of the Day of Judgment should you know, motivate, uh, motivate us to try and prepare for these days. Um, we don't go through any 
punishment and enter Jannah without any reckoning or any other. Without a doubt. And that's why you hear the ahadith of things like people granted Allah's shade. Seven types of people who are given Allah's shade. Uh, and these are a special type of seven people when everyone else will be will have the sun a mile above their head as the hadith states and the sweat uh, will be so great and waiting for so long. So when we hear that there's seven types of people who are given Allah's shade, we should try to achieve those deeds to be from those people who are granted Allah Azza wa Jal's shade or the ones who enter paradise without judgment as the Prophet Sallallahu said 70,000 who enter Jannah with no judgment this is something that you cannot comprehend people will be resurrected out of their grave they skip everything from the judgment and they enter Jannah how amazing is this uh, that's like you know uh, an express entrance into Jannah no judgment no hisab no questioning no book no, nothing, no sirat over hellfire, nothing, straight into paradise. For when we hear that there are people like this who achieve this, we have to try to at least make an effort to be from them. I ask Allah to make us. Amen. Sheikh, moving on to the final point for tonight in 10 things which wipe away sins or their consequences. The last one, Sheikh, that Sheikh Islam mentioned is a beautiful one. The way he sums up the 10, after mentioning all of these asbab that wipe away sin, he says in point number 10, أو يرحمه أرحم الراحمين Or, the most merciful shows him mercy. And that, subhanAllah, is the greatness of Allah Azza wa Jal. That there will be people in the next life who Allah just chooses to forgive because of His Rahmah. Not because of their smartness, not because of their amal, not because of their their um, يعني, hard work or whatever else. People who it had been decreed for them to get punished, but Allah, because of His Rahmah and His mercy, He chooses to have mercy on them. And that's why, Sheikh, based on this point, as our ulama have said, the aim in this dunya, the aim in this dunya is to achieve Allah's mercy. That is the ultimate goal and achievement that you can get. We, yes, we worship Allah in hope that He gives us Jannah, but if we don't have His Rahmah, we're not going to get that Jannah. So the objective is to gain Allah's mercy because the reality of the matter is us as a creation, we are weak. We are a weak creation and we can never give Allah his haqq no matter what we do. And Allah says that they have not appraised Allah the way he deserves. So no one can worship Allah the way he deserves. No one can fulfill Allah's rights the way they deserve to be fulfilled. But what we can only do and hope is to achieve Allah's mercy. And we know the famous hadith where the Prophet said, none of you enter Jannah through their amal. No person enters paradise through his actions. So they asked, not even you, Ya Rasulullah. He said, not even me, unless Allah covers me with his mercy. So we, our entire existence on this earth, my brothers and sisters, is to achieve Allah's rahmah in hope that he has mercy on us in the next life. And his mercy on us in the next life is by giving us paradise and not punishing us for our shortcomings. And this brings a very important point that if the rahmah of Allah is so important for us to earn, 
then we should do everything in our ability to make sure we do not lose Allah's rahmah. And from the greatest sins that lose the rahmah of Allah is every sin which earns the curse of Allah Azza wa Jal. Because as we know, the la'an, the curse of Allah means he has kicked the person out of his mercy. So how many sins are people taking so lightly these days that earn Allah's la'an, which means Allah is kicking them out of his mercy? How can this person succeed? How can this person enter Jannah if they have lost Allah's mercy? Sisters plucking their eyebrows. Uh, sisters wearing fake hair and hair extensions um, uh, brothers getting tattoos and the list goes on of the sins that earn the curse of Allah Azza wa Jal Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah mentioned up to 20 I think it was or close to 30 sins in the Quran and the Sunnah that earn the curse of Allah Azza wa Jal for our brothers and sisters should not take these matters lightly when a sister thinks that she's only plucking her eyebrows or a brother thinks he's only getting a taru or whatever it is in reality what we are doing is we are removing ourselves from Allah's mercy and once we remove ourselves from Allah's mercy how can we be saved in the next life as the ulama mentioned Sheikh, one of the indications that something is a major sin is that it has a curse attached to it without a doubt no doubt so the, those sins you mentioned and Ibn Qayyim mentioned so that results in a major sin and as we know from a major sin you need Tawbah. So for the Repent. brothers and sisters out there listening to us, you have to stop the sin, regret the sin, and intend never to return to it. When, no. when this curse is attached to it, we seek Allah's protection. I mean, and the one who repents from the sin is like the one who did not commit it. Allah. This is from Allah Azza wa Jal's mercy. Directly linked to the point you mentioned there, that no matter how much sin you have, Allah's mercy is greater. No matter what you've done, dear brother or dear sister, know that Allah's mercy is greater than your sin as long as you turn to him sincerely. Shaykh, I'd like to thank you for these 10. And I'll, I'll revise quickly the last five that we took today. The Shaykh mentioned, uh, as, as uh, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah has mentioned, uh, the shafa'a of the Prophet sallallahu uh, as a way of having one's sins wiped away or the consequences wiped away. He also mentioned the tests and hardships that the believer goes through and he's patient and hoping for reward. That will be a, a cleansing of sin for him. Or her, also the tests and hardships in the graves. Uh, the tests and hardships in the grave in the barzakh will also be a cleansing for the for the believer, and also the tests and horrors on the day of judgment, likewise, will be a cleansing for the believer. And the last one and the greatest one is what the Sheikh mentioned: the most merciful showing uh, his mercy to his slaves. Uh, Subhanahu wa taala. We ask Allah to uh, make us from those whom He has mercy upon. Sheikh, before we conclude, we have an exciting announcement for those who don't know, and that's regarding uh, Al Basira uh, Institute no. in Bankstown opening in a few weeks. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Barakallah, Fiq Sheikh. Um, Alhamdulillah, uh, Allah Azza wa Jal has uh, given us the opportunity and the, the blessing to open an institute to cater for our Muslim community here uh, in Sydney. And uh, this institute, which is called Al-Basira Institute, is dedicated to focusing on the Lugha, the Arabic uh, language. Um, and basically, uh, Al-Basira Institute 
uh, is made up of uh, two courses at the moment that will be uh, running bi ta'ala. The first of them is a course for uh, older teenagers and adults uh, in order to strengthen the Arabic language uh, for them. Uh, and this Arabic course uh, is based on the curriculum that is taught in the Islamic University of Medina, in the Islamic University of Medina. So it's basically a course uh, to strengthen one's Arabic language. And by strengthening the Arabic language, what this means is uh, to strengthen one's nahu, uh, Arabic grammar, uh, to strengthen one's writing, speaking, uh, reading and understanding of the Arabic language. There are a number of subjects that will be taught over four levels, bi ta'ala. The second course is the kids' uh, Qur'an for beginners. Um, there will be uh, kids' uh, Qur'an uh, classes for for children that want to uh, learn how to read Arabic and read the Quran and uh, there are two classes for the children from 5 to 8 and 9 to 13 uh, years old there are pamphlets um, available uh, it's on social media in Al-Basira uh, Institute and uh, whoever is interested can uh, find it uh, online ta'ala. and this will be um, starting on the 4th of May, inshallah, which is the first week uh, after Eid. The first week after Eid. Excellent. Jazakallah khairdi, Sheikh. Now, um, whoever would like more information, as the Sheikh mentioned, you can find um, Al-Basira uh, Institute on Facebook and Instagram. Al-Basira is spelled A-L-B-A-S-E-E-R-A-H. And we've shared um, on the Al-Bayan Radio um, Instagram page, we've shared their story at the moment, so you can subscribe to their page. Um, please have a look and uh, for this great, um, inshallah, initiative that will begin very soon. And uh, this is a golden opportunity to learn the Arabic language, the language of the Quran, the language of the Sunnah. And in reality, if you ever want to seek knowledge in the correct manner, you have to have Arabic. Um, let's not kid ourselves. Um, you have to learn in the original, uh, the original language that Allah revealed this religion. They revealed the Quran and the Sunnah. So. Do what you can, my dear brothers, for yourselves and for your children to learn the Arabic language, to learn the Arabic grammar, and the knowledge will be sweeter for you and taste better for you um, when you take it and learn it. I'd like to thank Sheikh Muhammad for being with us tonight. Inshallah, he'll be with us uh, in the upcoming weeks as well. And I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in on 107.9 FM or watched on Facebook or YouTube or listened on the Albayan Radio app. Don't forget to listen to Albayan Radio on 107.9 FM in Sydney uh, for the next few weeks and spread the word. Until next time, barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Albayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.